before the divorce. What Burton had done was unforgivable. He'd hurt her, and he'd cheated her out of funds that were rightfully hers. Once again she stopped herself, not wanting to indulge those bitter memories and regrets. She'd done plenty of that in the beginning, when she'd first learned he'd found someone else and wanted out of their thirty-year marriage. It was a fling, or so she'd managed to convince herself, a midlife crisis. Lots of men had them. Any day Burton would come to his senses and see what he was doing to her and to Roy, their son. Only he hadn't, and Anne walked out of divorce court numb with shock and disbelief. Not until the judge's gavel echoed through the room had she fully believed her husband was capable of such treachery. She should have known— should have been prepared. Burton was a top-notch divorce attorney, a persuasive man who knew all the ploys. But despite everything, she'd trusted him. Her friends had been stunned, too, less by Burton's deception than by Anne's apparent acceptance of what he'd done to her. It wasn't in her to fight, to drag her marriage and her life through the courts. Burton had recommended an attorney, whom she'd obediently retained, never suspecting that the man who'd represented her in court would apply to Burton's law firm as soon as the divorce was final. Of course he'd been hired. Burton had promised to treat her fairly, because she was convinced that he'd soon recognize what a terrible mistake he was making, she'd blindly followed his lead, without a quibble, and on her attorney's advice, She'd accepted the settlement offer, one that had turned out to be grossly unfair. Although she hadn't been aware of it at the time, Anne was cheated out of at least $250,000 worth of assets. Burton's ploy in this particular case had been simple. He'd strung her along. Twice he'd come to her in tears, begging her forgiveness, talking about reconciliation, and all the while he'd been shifting their assets to offshore accounts. All the while he'd been lying, stealing, and cheating. She'd loved him, and she'd believed him, and so had taken her husband at his word. Never had she dreamed he could betray her like this. After thirty years, she'd walked away with only a pittance, and needless to say, no alimony. Yes, Anne could fight him could take him back to court and expose him for the thief he was. But to what end? It was best, she'd decided long ago, to preserve her dignity. She'd always felt that life had a symmetry to it, a way of righting wrongs, and that somehow, eventually, God would restore to her the things she'd lost. It was this belief that had gotten her past the bitterness and indignation— Admittedly, she couldn't help lapsing sometimes, but Anne tried not to feel bitter. At this point, she couldn't see how anger, even righteous anger, could possibly benefit her. She'd adjusted. Taking the little she'd managed to salvage from her marriage, she'd purchased a small cottage on St. Gabriel, a tiny San Juan island in Puget Sound. In college all those years ago, when she'd met Burton, She'd been an art student. She had a flair for art and enjoyed it. Given the demands of being married to a prominent divorce lawyer, 
she'd put aside her own pursuits to assist Burton. Her husband's ambitions had become her own, and Anne was the perfect wife and hostess. It had been a disappointment to her to have only one child, a son they'd named after Anne's father. Young Roy was the light of her life, her ray of sunshine through the years. When she wasn't hostessing social events on her husband's behalf, Anne spent her time with Roy, raising him with limitless love and motherly devotion. If she felt any bitterness about the way Burton had treated her, it was because of what he'd done to Roy. Unfortunately, Roy was the one who'd introduced Burton to Amy. He'd never forgiven himself for that, despite Anne's reassurances. Still, Roy assumed responsibility for what had happened. He couldn't seem to forgive himself for his role in the divorce.